Blog Talk Radio. Queridos televidentes, muy buenas noches. La gran fábrica de tabacos El Paraíso tiene el gusto de presentar a ustedes la sonora matancera con Celia Cruz y las mulatas de fuego. ¡Gracias! 
better love. You are listening to the Truth to Power show with Eddie Rodriguez and Beverly. And we are celebrating Celia Cruz, the queen of salsa music. How are you doing, Eddie Rodriguez? Well, thank you very much, um, Beverly. Uh, it's wonderful to be with you once again. And yes, thank celebrating. You. I'm here. Uh, celebrate, celebrating the, the, the legacy and the, the music of the queen of salsa music, the great late Celia Cruz. And we just heard some of her early material recorded in Havana, Cuba with one of the first uh, groups uh, that she became, uh, she replaced a, a great singer by the name of Milta Silva uh, as the lead singer for a group called Sonora Matancera. And, um, you know, what we just heard was, was, was you know, uh, just, you know, people could just see the videos. And some of them are some sensational videos. It's just so beautiful and she's so, uh, she has such a great voice, her delivery, and, you know, her charisma. Uh, you know, all these things play part of uh, the success of an artist. And I got to tell you, you know, she was disciplined. You know, when I knew her, you know, throughout my career, and uh, her and her husband, okay, when I both went up there, they were um, They had a way of dealing with the music industry very low. Um, like some, you know, for with her husband, he would have all the charts for the orchestra to learn. <clears throat> they wouldn't have digital files that could go so fast they had to mail them. <clears throat> but the orchestra that he would have in like Los Angeles, you know, Los Angeles, New York, Puerto Rico, you know, he would carry around the music charts for, for her entire show. And, and she never had never. We never talked to anybody about any money or anything like that on the show. It was her husband who had all the business and and they did it just the right way. They got to the venue early. There was always a dressing room that she could relax. And when she got to the airport, she would be in she would go there two hours in advance and and stay at the Admiral's Club or United, you know, the uh, VIP area. The airport, and just wait for her flight, and then just go to the next place. Uh, wonderful person, and I'm glad that you uh, you are doing this tonight to honor Woman's History Month with the first yeah. Afro-Cuban woman to bear her face on the U.S. Was her Pardon? husband in the bid? Can you hear me? Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, I can hear you now. Well, um, yes, her okay. husband was a trumpeter. He was a trumpeter for the group that reaches in the orchestra, which is third, Sonora Matancera. Okay. She married one of the okay. band members. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and stayed with him her entire life. You know, that was only one man. And... Uh, like I say, you know, she was gifted, you know, so God gifted uh, talent, you know, uh, you know, in an Afro-Caribbean uh, uh, side of, a, you know, an island uh, where the majority of the island is Afro-Caribbean, you know, Cuban, Afro-Caribbean. 
Afro-Puerto Ricans, we mm-hmm. have Afro-Colombians, we have Afro-Peruvians, we have, um, you know, African, uh, you know, the Af- African uh, influence worldwide uh, was uh, was something that we today can, can enjoy, you know, what it took, the struggles and all the all the terrible things that happened, you know, uh, the, the, you know, coming to these lands, but, uh, the music that, you know, has kept them, um, all of those who came before us with the music, uh, alive. So we're doing that tonight with Beverly Cruz and, and, uh, thank you so much once again, Beverly, for bringing us uh, back on your show. Truth to power every Thursday from nine to 11 PM Eastern time. And enjoying, you know, some music that we bring to, the, you know, to the listeners to, to educate and to entertain. So, it's, you know, we do this live. It's not unscripted. Um, it's, I'm on my iPhone. Uh, Beverly in Puerto Rico, sunny, beautiful Puerto Rico during the day. It's nighttime now. Blue, blue skies, white clouds, and, uh, and green palm trees. Uh, and, uh, what, t- what time is it there where you in Puerto Rico? Oh, oh we're, we're, we're an hour ahead of you on Atlantic oh, you just Standard hour. Time. It's 10, 10, 11 p.m. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Are you you on the island? Like at, by the ocean? You're by the ocean. I'm island folk now, you know. <laughs> but. It's beautiful, you know. If you if you love this kind of environment, then you feel like you're in paradise, you know. So yeah, and paradise still yeah. has some bad people. Don't think that this is paradise where like that. The people, everybody, you know, we have the same thing that happens in Detroit. Maybe not because there's not that many people uh, in, in right. each town. But uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. there's you know bank robbers and murderers and thieves and scoundrels yeah. and. and Everything yeah. you can think of, everywhere you go, and, um, you know, mm-hmm. but the people of Puerto Rico, the genuine people that are not into that criminal mind, you know, uh, mm-hmm. are very good. You know, they're very, um, I don't know, friendly people. That's all I want, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, this is the type of, uh, of uh, island it is, so. But we have a lot of music, people, for, for, for everyone tonight, Beverly. So I, I like to get back into back into some early works and then some works that she did, you know, coming up with uh, Johnny Pacheco um, during this set. So um, um, let's see what you give us. But the last, the, the the opening, the okay, was I think I had Tico, Tico, uh, very good. Excellent. Just keep going, going down. Maybe about four songs, you know. Then let's get back. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. 
Listening to the Queen of Salsa music, Stella Cruz. Celia Cruz. How do you say it yes. in Spanish? Celia Cruz. Celia. Celia Cruz. All right. Celia Cruz. Okay. Uh, you know, um, that set was phenomenal. You know, we heard it early. Um, um, Celia Cruz with Tito Puente, <clears throat> and then we heard her was a famous uh, Mexican uh, singer called Tonya La Negra. Um, and that was in Mexico. You know, once again, you know, she lived in Mexico after Cuba. 
uh, after the revolution, you know, she, she left Cuba and never went back. Um, and um, so she made Mexico because the Sonora Matancera was famous in Mexico. She she had a manager in, in, in Mexico, and um, she uh, she used to tell me about this manager how she, she used to put her on you know on, on movies or, you know and you know put her do duets with famous other famous artists, and from there. Uh, she she went straight to New York. Now, then we heard her with Johnny Pacheco, um, those last two uh, tracks. Um, uh, so, uh, Sopita en Botella, Sopa en Botella, that's Soup in a Bottle. Uh, that's what the translation is. And Cucala, which has no translation, is Cucala, and that Cucala, let me tell you something. That Cucala got her all over Latin America. And the person that was behind that, was a gentleman, may he rest in peace, my mentor, a person I love as a human being, as a friend, and, and, and for, for the way that he he used to uh, go about um, doing his business uh, and, and being able to recognize talent and, and, and to be able to negotiate for them so they can make more money. Um, and his name is a great um, salsa music promoter, empresario, uh, concert promoter, record label executive owner, uh, Ralph Mercado, may he rest in peace. And, you know, we don't think about the people behind the scenes, but, you know, in order to get that Johnny Pacheco on Santa Cruz, you know, uh, Ralph became Santa Cruz's manager way back then. And um, he was graced, you know, he was blessed to not, not only have Santa Cruz to manage, but uh, Tito Puente had a manager in, in, in New York that, that moved to Tampa, Florida, and by the name of Jose Curbelo. He also was a big band uh, orchestra leader. Um, and um, he was famous in New York, but he left New York, even, you know, America, and he wanted to go to live in Tampa. And so Ralph Mercado inherited the management contract for the late great king of Latin music, called king of salsa, but we, uh, his, uh, the way, and you know, people knew him, as, and even Celia, this Celia, the queen of salsa is, is something that came about now, but forever she was called the queen of Latin music, and Tito Puente was called the king of Latin music, and they were treated like royalty everywhere they went. Uh, thanks to Ralph Mercado, he was their manager. And <clears throat> so, um, and Ralph came from uh, the booking artists. When I met Ralph Mercado, he was booking artists like, um, like James Brown. You know, he's uh, African, uh, Afro, Afro-Dominican and Puerto Rican. <laughs> so okay. you know, but her charisma, and personality, and and his uh, his style of negotiating was you know contagious. You know, you just ended up loving the guy, and a lot of people ended up not loving the guy because they thought they were taking him because this or taking for that or the other, and it wasn't it wasn't true. Um, he was just doing the business the way it was done during the time. Uh, today mm-hmm. the business is different. But uh, so he was misunderstood. Um, but he was the man behind the forces of the entire salsa 
a madness that we see all over the world. Every dance studio you go, they're teaching people how to dance salsa, no matter what language they speak. And so uh, that's what, you know, when Sally Cruz, <clears throat> you know, she was already, you know, she had a, a, a relationship, you know, with Tito Puente because Tito Puente was in Cuba in the 50s. And he searched for Celia Cruz and found her. And back then, they used to do radio shows, live radio shows. Matthew Cole, you know, all the big guys. Uh, even, uh, you know, Dizzy uh, uh, Gillespie, you know. And they, well, by the, by the time Dizzy Gillespie, they were videotaping the show. And back then, they were doing TV shows. And so there's footage out there somewhere of that kind of remarkable performance. When she came to New York, she knew Tito already, and uh, he did some. She did some things with him, working with his orchestra. And then Johnny Pacheco came, and that was already the formation of the most important salsa music catalog that we we can talk about today, which is the Fania F A N I A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, library of, of, of music, uh, you know, thousands of songs that they recorded, you know, to to be able to even to, today, there's people that gravitate still to that music, not because of the, because it, uh, it's old, but it's timeless, you know, because the rhythm and the beat, you know, and uh, you heard, you know, different kinds of rhythms. I said, uh, uh, was, um, uh, Singing and you know to songs that you know went with that particular beat or arrangement, so horns and all kinds of stuff. And now we're up to Celia Cruz uh, with a conjunto uh, type of uh, configuration of a group. And it's a small, small group, but you know they had uh, you know was, was it, they were able to entertain just as as much as the you know to the people that love this music as a band that had 21 pieces. So uh, we're in that era now. So, uh, yeah, I think we have some more music. You know, Sonny Cruz is one of the top, uh, uh, you know, when you talk about salsa, you know, everybody says Sonny Cruz, you know, you should comment. She said a word during one of the songs a few times. She said the word azúcar. Azúcar means Mm -hmm. sugar. And that was like her signature yeah, sugar. And, but she, you know, the correct, you know, the, the written uh, you know, way of saying it, the, the word is azúcar with an R. But in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, Cuba, they say azúcar, azúcar, you know? And um, that was her, was her thing. And uh, so it was lovely to, to see the crowd, how they responded to that. It was they were con- immediately connected with her, you know. Uh, when she walked down, of, you know, walked on stage and she said that word, forget about it. The crowd, you know, <laughs> stand up and start clapping, yeah, you know, because they knew what they were going to get. And Kukala, the last yeah. one of the tunes that we heard uh, was one of her, one of the tunes that she had in her set list uh, when she was performing, uh, being um, uh, accompanied by different orchestras or by her own band, uh, the, the band leader and the pianist by the name, he's by the name of Isidro Infante. 
um, did a lot of those arrangements and early on and all the way up until then when she was working with uh with Emilio Stefan and Sandra Cruz in my um in I'm sorry, uh, Gloria Stefan and Emilio. Uh, in uh, in Miami because Sally Cruz kind of gravitated to that Cuban thing, you know, New Yorkers for a reason, you know. And uh, but you know, there's more to say about that down the line before we we finish the show. But we have a lot of Sally okay. Cruz for you, yeah, the audience. And uh, um, I don't know if you want to give them yeah, a phone I, number. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I think she also she had won two Grammy awards and three Latin Grammy awards. Now, now, did she uh, make salsa music popular, or was it already popular? No, it was not. It was not popular. Yeah, it was. It wasn't even called salsa music. It was just called Latin music. You know, used to dance and mambo Mm -hmm. to it, and then they used to come up with different dances, pachanga, charanga, this and the other. Cha cha, of course, was there. Mambo, but all of that got mixed together. Everything, you know. it, it has to do with the beat, you know. Actually, now these are these are uh, they call it salsa because it's a combination of, of the Cuban influence of guaguancó and the Puerto Rican music uh, influence of la bomba and plena, and the New York influence of of jazz, you know, improvisations and solos and things. Some of the first um, tracks that we heard, you know, were very short. They were two minutes and something long. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we got into three minute songs, and now we're getting into you know longer songs. Uh, one of the Sopita um, Botella, uh, we had three Afro Caribbean phenomena, talented, God gifted individuals. One of them is Afro Cuban, Santa Cruz. The other one was Afro Dominican. Johnny Pacheco. Uh, Johnny Pacheco was not white, you know? Mm-hmm. And the pianist, a Puerto Rican, Afro-Puerto Rican pianist by the name of Papo Luca. And, you know, the chemistry, you know, you have to, you have to uh, uh, appreciate the chemistry in, in the recording studio that they, that they, that they captured um, you know, to to that's still relevant today in terms of feeling. You know, um, they used to record live back then. You know, now they record the trumpets one day, they record the saxophones the next day, the, the percussion another day. The you know the bass. They start off with the piano and the bass. You know, then they on top of that, and then they put the the, um, the rhythm section, timbales, bongos, congas, and obviously you have other you know. Uh, uh, what you call, you know, um, you know, percussion toys, you know, and not not percussion toys. Actually, is minor percussion instru- in, instruments like the the, the guido, you know, that's the gourd, mm-hmm. and the cowbell, and the cowbell, and the clave, which is two wooden sticks that keep that beat, you know. Um, but most mm-hmm. of all, what makes it that is the voice, the talent of the person that has a song. And it could be funny, and it could be. Uh, and it's danceable. Some people don't listen to the words. They just they just love the beat. And they, the they might know one. Yeah. yeah, they love the music, and they might know one thing in the song. You know, after hearing it a hundred times, uh, might just you know know chorus maybe. But um, 
you know, we had a, a we have a wonderful thing going on for um, uh, Women's History Month, uh, and I think uh, well, you know so much music. I mean, there's so much music to study because it was really tough trying to choose what we were going to uh, do tonight. Uh, and um, I think we have something that that is lively and is moving and is kind of um, um, you know even the finale that you know we have what Sally's signature finale. At any concert, every single concert I ever heard uh, uh, perform, that was her signature closing song. So, uh, yes, no, it's uh, it's an honor to to even be in your company to bring this to your audience and um, for them to know about the great, the late great queen of Latin music, Debbie Cruz. All right. Here we go. Voy a cantarle a mi tierra, Cuba. Ay, pero la Habana, qué linda. Cosa cubano de la banda.
are listening to the queen of salsa music, Sheila Cruz. Rest in peace. And we're here with uh, Eddie Rodriguez. Eddie uh, Rodriguez, did you ever work with her? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, I have I have a story. One of the shows that I that I uh, worked uh, with her in, uh, and we we went to. I had a booking. Uh, the the Florida Florida State University um, it wanted to do a. Um, you know, they were celebrating the, the town uh, where you know you know there was a house that that was uh, they used to be um, a safe house for for slaves, and um, we did that show, and then it, we, we, my accommodation, her accommodations with her husband were, you know, and the band that we brought, you know, you know were, were at a hotel. Uh, but my accommodation they gave me in in the actual house, <laughs> you know, where they stayed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stayed, uh, you know, to to be able to get to the north. Um, and you know, I got to tell you, you know, it was a lot, there was a lot of feeling in that house, you know, and it wasn't anything negative. Okay. Yes, you know, things things you know, uh, you know, there was there were things you know that were that, uh, that I heard and. Got up and see what it was, and you know, no one will be there. So. Um, but mm-hmm. yes, uh, we had that that great concert there, and and I worked with her when she used to come to Los Angeles um, on on the promotion on her promotional tours. Um, I was there when she uh, had a uh, wax figure at uh, Madame Tussauds um, uh, Wax Museum in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. I was there when she received the um, her uh, star on Hollywood, a walk of fame, um, and you know countless other times that I was with her because I was at the concert, I was you know on the tour, um, and um, yeah, she's just a great lady. Uh, you know, my manager, my late, my great friend, late. Um, music empresario, Latin music, salsa music empresario, um, Ralph Mercado, was the one that was, <clears throat> that had all the contacts to be able to, you know, uh, represent her and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, start formulating that image. And, and, and you know, we heard her at, at the beginning. <clears throat> now, don't forget, you know, Bonnie Records was already, you know, built, you know, so. The musicians on those recordings we heard with Johnny Pacheco um, were, were, you know, the top. They were band leaders, actually. You know, so uh, from there, you know, that that kind of all-stars camaraderie, you know, with these you know, musicians and singers was, you know, intense. You know, they were really connected. They were wonderful people. And the ones that didn't make it through that ended up, I had to let go a few others that didn't make it through, you know, ended up uh, having um, tragic lives. Uh, we're going to talk about an Afro-Cuban uh, woman uh, who had a tragic life who was an incredible singer and was in New York before Javier Cruz. Uh, her, mm-hmm. her name is La Lupe, the late, great La Lupe, may she rest in peace. Another Afro-Cuban woman that made an impact. Um, you know, she was on 
she was on TV, you know, she would go on television shows and do her thing, and, it, you know, it was kind of wild. And Sally Fields was always, always reserved, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and disciplined versus another superstar, great talent, a woman by the name of La Lupe. That's how we, we know knew her. And um, we'll get more into her history uh, uh, when we do a, uh, the last special in the series. Uh, we're going to continue with Sally Cruz. And it's just so much music. And so I think it's good, a good time to give out the, the listeners the, our call-in number. Um, so okay. they can, you know, share comments or call or and, uh, and get, you know, participate in what we're doing uh, as a community service. And no one gets paid, you know, right. for what we're doing. We're doing this, you know, to to uh, put a, a, a spotlight for at least for these few hours uh, in the week of, of great talent, God-given talent. Many uh, music, uh, you know, lovers would not have a chance to even know who these people are. And a lot of them were black. And a lot of them were Afro, um, you know, Caribbean. And we have Afro-American Caribbean uh, uh, artists, you know. I mean, it's, you know, the African-American that, and families all over, the, you know, and they love their Latin music. They sway toward more the African, uh, Afro-American roots versus the Afro-Puerto Rican or Cuban roots. But, you know, they have the same complexion. They have the same hair, the same nose, you know, from our right, ancestors. Right. You know, and um, right. you know, so we're 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 now. What about um, place? What what about places like Paris and Germany? Uh, was their music popular over there? Yes, it was. Like As a matter of fact, salsa music, uh, music is, is is popular in in Japan. One of the groups that Japan. I worked with, uh, and yes, one of the groups that I worked with in the nineties. It was a Japanese salsa band. The um, the lead singer, a woman by the name of, you know, Nora Suzuki, the lead singer for Orquesta de la Luz, she sang everything in Spanish, but she couldn't really speak Spanish, but she knew all the words. And the band mm-hmm. members as well, you know, they knew the chorus, the words for the chorus. And they played the notes, you know, on their, on their charts. But the difference was they played that, those notes were feeling. It wasn't like a Japanese band, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. They, well, they were swinging. Why? Because, okay. they people to, because they wanted people to dance. And mm-hmm. um, and once again, Ralph Mercado um, was able to uh, um, sign that group to his record label in New York, Orchestra de la Luz. And that, that group, we were able, I was ahead of the West Coast. We were, we were able to get her on the Tonight Show with Jay Leto. I mean, that's how popular okay. it was in the 90s. So, yes, you know, this Latin dance music we call salsa today has been around through all the changes of the, um, of the, of the, of the tropical music. Latin dance. And, okay. and we, we heard mm-hmm. Celia tonight with trumpets at the Checo. And a, and a guitar from, uh, you know, that is uh, identified as a Cuban, Teresa. Teresa means three. So it has a set of strings that give a different um, uh, tone than, than uh, let's say, the Puerto Rican cuatro, uh, you know, which is uh, four, four uh, sets. 
of, of strings and, and you know higher pitch. Uh, we'll hear that later on with uh, with Shelly Cruz and the Bonnie Allshots. But then we switched to Willie Colon. You know, the great Willie Colon. I mean, I was a teenager. Willie Colon was a teenager. I met him when he, we were teenagers, and we had a group in our neighborhood. You know, one of the songs mm-hmm. that um, that uh, Shelly sang that um, Tres Dias de Carnaval. Um, uh, is is about three days of the, of carnival, you know, and so uh, he talked about Curacao, Aruba, there's about a few islands, and you know, in our neighborhoods here in the barrios of New York, you know, we used to follow the, the, the young groups of the moment, and Willie Colon was one of those groups. You know, we were all teenagers, and we knew the high school who who went to high school with this one. Who, who lived down the block from the other one, and who knew that one? And um, uh, yeah, there was a there was an identity situation there versus the guys that we we that made this music what it is today. Uh, Ismael Rivera and uh, and um, you know with trombones Mon Rivera, and, and we heard Cortijo, you know, um, uh, a few weeks back. Uh, you know, these were all Afro. A Puerto Rican, uh, uh, not Yomotoro. Yomotoro was not an Afro Puerto Rican. He was, he was uh, like, you know, he, he was white, you know. And, and mm-hmm. that's the complexion mm-hmm. of Latins, you know. They're white, and black, you know. Um, you know sometimes yeah. we say mulatto, but mulatto is an affectionate word, you know, in a lot of countries. And, oye, I mean, oye, mulatto, you know, it's not a derogatory word. Some people think it is, uh, but that's kind of like a person that's not black. <laughs> you know, you have in a sense you have black, white, and other. Mm-hmm. I always check the other. I'm not black and I'm not white, you know, so I think mm-hmm. a lot of people can identify with that. Uh, and so, you know, an Afro Caribbean person will check the black spot. Or. Mm-hmm. A white spot if they're white, you know, they would check that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's different shades, different colors, different prejudice, different racism, you know, the has and the have nots. Um, and so, so what, uh, when you when mm-hmm. you travel to um, to Germany and Paris, oh, is, is there still prejudice there? You know, I know it's prejudice everywhere, but it's a different kind of prejudice. Or I didn't, prejudice is prejudice. I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it there. The first time I felt prejudice was in Paris Island, South Carolina. Called me every single <laughs> okay. you could think of. You know, including okay. a city slicker because I came from the Bronx, okay. New York. Right, so, right. Uh, but oh, no, there. no, no, no. People are, you know, if you're doing business, if you have talent, I mean, I guess you're, you're you know, I mean, <laughs> You know, those are the circles that I, I you know, I, you know, people needed something I had or I needed something that they had. And we, we sat down and, and discussed and came to a, an agreement. Fine. And then we just mm-hmm. proceeded to go forward. But no, no, I, I didn't feel, I'm, you know, it's there. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of, okay. there's a lot of groups that, that you know, uh, music uh, groups that are hateful. Well, uh, like back in the day, you know, the magicians, they had to, you know, go through the back door and had to sleep at 
couldn't sleep at certain hotels. You know, I was talking like that. Was it anything like that over in Italy and Germany and when they was performing over there? Well, the places that I've traveled to, you know, in France, the south of France, or like you said, mm-hmm. Paris, or Germany, or Amsterdam, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Holland, you know, I just never felt that. I, you got to tell you the truth. No, not today. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, um, okay. you, know, you see, a bar, you know, uh, a bar, you know, couples that are that are uh, multiracial couples. You know, somebody's white, somebody's black, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's from mm-hmm. Africa, somebody's from, you know, wherever, you know, part of Europe. But mm-hmm. no, I didn't feel like okay. that. I really didn't. Like, not like the South, you know, not like the South. Right. Anywhere. Hanging, okay. hanging kids, okay. the, it's just, you know what I mean? The, the, the racism, the prejudice, and the hate. And, um, no, I saw mm-hmm. a lot of people that appreciate art, you know, in, in these countries when you're okay. dealing with the music business. Okay. But let's listen to more sessions. All right. Because so, yeah. I think uh, now we're, we're we just headed we... from, uh, uh, pardon me? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I just want to, you know, the, the last thing I want to say is that, you know, we went from Johnny Colon, I mean Johnny Colon, I'm sorry, uh, Johnny Pacheco and Sally Cruz. Uh, Johnny Colon was a Boogaloo-era artist, of, you know, who, who did a famous tune called Boogaloo Blues uh, in the mm-hmm. 60s. Was very popular, but John, what we heard was Johnny Pacheco and Sally Cruz from an album that they they, they did from two albums actually that we heard um, um, you know the music of, uh, with them, and then we heard some tunes with the great Willie Colon. So you know we here we had trumpets with Johnny Pacheco, and now we have trombones, you know, and we're building up to, you know to hear her with a you know great orchestra called. The final all star, so you know, stay tuned for that. Okay, so we're gonna uh, when I come back, we're gonna open the line. So, so the number is three two three six four two one five eight six. Yeah. 
Y porque Borondongo le dio Benavé. Porque Benavé le pegó a Muchilanga. Y porque Benavé le pegó a Muchilanga. Porque Muchilanga le echó Borondanga. Y porque Muchilanga le echó Borondanga. Le echó Borondanga le hice a lo que era. ¡Este lío!
Kachow was in the band, but the band belonged to an all. He, but Kachow was a bassist, a composer, incredible human being, uh, and uh, this this so lovely to be with. Um, the uh, band belonged to the late M. A. Kachow, may he rest in peace. He's Larry Kachow Lopez. But uh, uh, you know, uh, Frank Grillo, uh, the late great uh, Machito who had his orchestra, the afro Um I saw him with uh, rehearsing for a show at an auditorium of a community center that I used to work with uh, the, the uh, teenagers that were gang members. And um, Frank Agrillo, that's a piece, Machito, he had the uh, seniors. <laughs> so, but and it was a big, big, you know, facility, you know, it was a huge auditorium. And that's the first time I saw Sadie Cruz. And then I, I did a show uh, with, with um, you know, some groups that were popular in, in New York at the time. My first show was a concert at, for, to raise funds for the Bronx Community College Veterans Association. I was already a veteran when I went to college. And um, we were going to raise funds uh, for a bivouac. We were, we were protesting for or fighting for life credits as, a, as an elective. And um, because, you know, the things that were offering were like things that we didn't, you know, these things are a joke. You know, the kind of classes for an elective. This is our life experience. You know, it's worth something as a value. So um, uh, we did the concert and mm-hmm. <laughs> um that was a day that I, I had no, you know, I had seen my father during the years be the treasurer of a, the Puerto Rican association that, he, you know, from the town I'm from, Arroyanos, Ar- 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 Al And he was a treasurer. So they used to do 
every year they used to do a dance, and my father was the one that handled all the tickets and, and giving them to, to people in the organization, you know, to sell. Uh, you know, 10 here, 10 there, 10 there, you know. And, um, and that's how they would raise the money for the, to pay for the rent for the, for the, you know, the social club that they had. That they would meet mm-hmm. on Sunday, every Sunday, and they kept the music and the, the, the camaraderie from this hometown. That was that was in New York at that time, in the fifties and the sixties, uh, kind of connected. They were connected. There was no Facebook, and I, so, um, you know, I remember going with my father and mother many times on the train, you know, to go to the Sunday. Uh, events and you know everyone had kids so I grew up with a bunch of kids of um, of the people that were born in this town that were you know those kids were already first generation Americans because they, they were not you know born in Puerto Rico so you know that's when I got the bug I, I don't know after you know that concert I knew that I wanted to do something in the music industry and um, when I graduated from from Bronx Community College, uh, I had an opportunity to go to, you know, uh, any of the, you know, four-year colleges in the city university system. And I decided to go after uh, a, a job. I, lo- I had already visited the West Coast, and I loved, you know, the weather and, you know, the, the people. And so I, I drove from the Bronx to San Francisco. Uh, and uh, in a 75 uh, Camaro <laughs> in 1977. <laughs> so okay. and I did my San Francisco, and then I just kept on. Then I worked for a radio station, another radio station, first doing on-air uh, public service, uh, community service uh, division uh, office, and then a sales manager. Uh, and then I started, I had all the entertainment in San Francisco, Latin entertainment for that station in San Francisco, but the business was in Los Angeles, so I moved to Los Angeles. And then uh, in Los Angeles, and I started doing some shows. And, um, uh, yeah, I all the way that, I, you know, I have a, a, my my last concert that I produced in Madison Square Garden um, was in 2006. It was sold out, you know, and I have been to so many concerts at Madison Square Garden. I sold out two shows at Madison Square Garden. And um, one thirteen, uh, thirteen, thirteen thousand eight sold, and the other one was eighteen thousand seats sold. And in the round, another no stage in the back. It was in the round in the middle, you know. So, and that was for reggaeton when it came. You know, reggaeton music, Latin urban music that that was born from you know uh, reggae and dance hall music. Um, you know, except that it was in Spanish, <laughs> so that's right. how it became big because it was something different for the younger generation. And it, I mean, all those kids that I knew that you know, just starting there, they came a lot of them. I mean, tens of millions of dollars. But once I had the discipline to be able to go out every year and tour and go into the studio and work on things constantly, constantly, and keep in shape and eat the right foods and get and have a grounded relationship with a family. I'm telling you, they have, they make tens, and even those that don't have that today, mm-hmm. have, and, you know, what took an artist, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years to, to be able to get to that status, and now some artists are doing it in, in less than 
less than seven years. So, and it been okay. and I'm, wow. I'm it took that long. Hundreds, hundreds of millions. <clears throat> but <clears throat> so when we look when you get like today, a superstar, uh, when you get mm-hmm. like a superstar like like Celia Cruz, they don't take that long to you know. Do they just kind of almost instantly come out and just become a superstar? No, 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 no. So they had to yeah. work, had to work this on is them. The, There's one thing. There's one thing that we need to understand. As much as we love the music, love to dance to it, but people don't know what's behind the scene. They just hear it or they dance to it. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere in the world. But there's a machinery behind every artist and and, and the records that you, the music that you hear, are the most popular music. And it, and and I'm talking about investments. You know, uh, you know, um, millions of dollars. You know, everything mm-hmm. from an outfit on to the 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 the, the, the songwriters that that are, you know the best and 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 the, they they demand a certain amount of. Uh, upfront money against whatever royalties they're going to make. Through the musicians, I mean, you heard tonight, these were the best musicians in New York that you heard performing, you know, backing up Shelly Cruz. <clears throat> so, you know, there's a certain quality that you look for, but no, it takes years. I mean, to become okay. today an emerging artist in the R&B world or you know, in the salsa or even reggaeton. You know, Apple Music, this Apple Music is a great streaming platform. They have a hundred million songs on their platform. Hmm. You can stream any of those songs. And that's the best streaming service for quality, for, for the you know, audio aspect. So, you know, a hundred million songs. How many of those songs are in Spanish? You know, they were never promoted, <clears throat> but a part of the catalog of Sony, or one of the multinationals, mm-hmm. Sony Music, Universal Music, or, or Warner Music. Those are the big three. And so there's a machinery that's been around for a long time, and they have the deep pockets to make the superstars. And but it takes a lot. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes touring and being on the road, not getting paid because you're, you know, you're giving expenses maybe for you know, rent and food when you're not on the road because everything is covered when you're on the road by the, by the company. Mm-hmm. But it costs money yes. to get you on yes. the road. And Justin Bieber, just to give you a chance, we all know Justin Bieber. Okay. Uh, today. I remember when okay. no one knew Justin. I was with the people at Universal and uh, mm-hmm. I was doing a for Mariah Carey. I was doing a live streaming, uh, video streaming um, uh, project. You know, I was going to sell tickets for ten dollars to see her live, a show live in Las Vegas. And uh, one of my colleagues, you know, when I was leaving, I ran into him. He said, "Hey Eddie, how you doing? You know, what are you up to?" I said, "Well, I'm doing this, 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 and that." You know, and I said, "Well, what are you up to?" He said, "Man, there's a kid that was." And we signed. Nobody knows who he is yet. You know, nobody. He's never performed. You know, but he, but he's great. And 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 and, and he was the head of marketing. And he said, and we're going to put ten million dollars behind this kid. Mm. <clears throat> Those ten million dollars 
Universal Music. He was signed, I don't know if he was signed to Island Def Jam at the time, but it was one of their imprints. Those $10 million had made that company minimum $100 million with Justin Bieber. Wow. Just one person. Or more. Or more, you know? Uh, and be, and mm. the machinery being uh, uh, an investment, you know? I mean, they got a lot of people. They don't, they're not going to give everybody $10 million. They'll spend money on promotions. It is different. You have to prove yourself before you even go to a label. You have to have followers on on, on, on social media. A million, two million, you know. Not, not 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000. It has to be millions. So 10 million, you know. <laughs> and then they say, oh, yeah, there's something there. And um, so, you know, depending on what, before, before, what they do. Before so, social media, how did y'all, how was you able to tell? It was just somebody, you know, you just had an instinct about who was had it and who didn't have it? How no, it was. No, it, you, it had to be a performance, a person that was already there, but doing background vocals or maybe lead vocals for a band or something like that. And, um, oh. you know, that's how I used to work back then. But, you know, we're running out of time, and I think that we have some great music, okay. and uh, I'm looking forward to coming back and closing the show with Ben Bacolona. Okay? okay. All right. Let's get to the music here.
Celia Cruz and her husband, Pedro Knight, and they both rest in peace because they were a team. And um, it was wonderful to hear that last song, uh, which was a tribute to the Beatles, just to show you how the arrangers, even the first uh, song, Encantigo, that was funny, All Stars, how the arrangers were able to to to, uh, to do magic with uh, with their skills, with violins and the trombones and the trumpets and the, you know, the rhythm section and and the voice of two great Afro-Caribbean singers. One was obviously Sally Cruz, but the other one was the late great Pete El Conde Rodriguez, an Afro-Puerto Rican. And, you know, when I think about some of these Afro-Puerto Ricans and the Afro-Cubans that I knew growing up, and so, you know, they used to have to iron out their hair. <laughs> so, yeah. And get, yeah, that hairdo, you know, when they went out okay. there. You know, okay. and it was just like, you know, the black African Americans that did that at the time, you know, and uh right. So right. such a, a connection, you know, and uh and then the thing with the Beatles was just to show you how an arranger could take a song from the Beatles and the Celia Cruz can gravitate to it and, and sing it with like she's having a great time. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we heard some great music tonight. Uh, I think you have one that's called um, with Ray Barreto, Nadie Se Salva de la Humba. And then you have Bemba Colorado. Until next week, we're going yes. to hear more uh, of Shelly Cruz. You know, we jumped ahead from the 70s and hit, did that uh, tribute to the Beatles, Obladi, Oblada, uh, that which was the 90s, but now we're. Now we're going to do some nice material. Now this is Salva de la Rumba with Ray Barreto and Alberto Santiago. Right. And then uh, Celia Cruz, Bemba Colora. Good night, and um, thanks for joining us. We hope you listen in next week. All right. Better love. Thank you. Thank, thank everyone for listening. Yep.
César Colora Y siempre buscando en vano Colora Sitio por donde escapar Colora Pobrecito Ay como sufre Colora Buscando su libertad y yo Colora Yo como el pájaro quiero Colora Yo como el pájaro quiero Colora Mi libertad recobrará Y la bebé bebé Que yo me he puesto Colora. y lo boté al basurero. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.